Howdy, and welcome to one of our special guest episodes of the FPL Jingle. Uh, Steve, will you introduce our... I, I don't know, I was trying to come up with a funny word for what we have with us today. Is it a, a visitor? <laughs> An angel? Uh, I don't know, I was going to call it a Glenside reunion, because it's, it's, it's Connor Skeen, who... Uh, we've obviously all lived in a house with together in Glenside, and most of you know, the league have lived with him by now. <laughs> to be yeah, to be honest, yeah. But I mean, not most of the league does a podcast. We're the only two that do the podcast, so we get to say it. Nice. Um, uh, welcome to the pod, Connor. How are you? Thanks very much, guys. Delighted to be here. Um, yeah, you don't have to lie. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to be delighted. To uh, be look, I've been listening from the outside, and I'm just ready to get all my abuse now. Mm. And now that now that the curtain has been drawn back, is it kind of like seeing how the sausage is made, and you're you're never going to listen again? Uh, I'll give you one or two more tries, like, but we'll see how it goes. Mm. You're forgiving God. You have very to. good to us, Connor. Someone has yeah, to. We're be. We're, de- <laughs> we're delighted to have you, Connor. Uh, nice to get another. I think I think the guest episodes are nearly the best episodes. They're always a bit of fun. Uh, are you? What sort of mental preparation have you done for the abuse you're going to receive over the next? 40 minutes or so. Plenty hours of sleep, doubled up on the Panadol beforehand, and I'm ready for a battering. Actually, Lisa took four Panadol the other day, and I had half convinced her that she was going to die. Uh, <laughs> so that was Four a, in one go, like? Uh, two then, forgot about them and took another two. Oh. Ah, you'd oh, be all right. Gosh, I'm sure she'd be fine, but yeah. I think you're safe below no, eight. No. <laughs> I wouldn't keep doing it. I wouldn't do it she's again. She's dead no, now. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you must you must be burn you must be earning a decent wage to pay that rent rent by yourself. So I'm still drawing her pension and and so on and so forth. Her pension? <laughs> How old is she, Owen? <laughs> Older than you might think. Not very old. <laughs> oh, clearly, yeah, that <laughs> she's drawing the pension. It was all. Anyway, she, after uh, this whole, it's good to know that she's jerked it up. After the whole uh, medicine uh, death segue, uh, let's uh, let's have a look at Connor's not a segue. draft. Uh, were you happy with your draft, Connor? Yes and no. Initially, at the it, start. Initially, I thought I did all right. It's either one. It's one or the other, Connor. Yeah. Yes or up no. to week or, one. At, at the, the end time. of week one, I was very happy. I was. I was did quietly you not, confident. Did you not know with Owen, there's no grey. Was quietly no confident until week two, and mm. then I realised I made a lot of shit decisions. <laughs> will we, Will you walk us through those, Connor? Um... <laughs> I will. Right. So. Uh, round one, I had third pick in the draft, and I went with mm. Harry Kane, who has been Oof. utter mm. shite. Salah was still available. Uh, Salah was available in everyone's league because everyone went uh, Bruno De Bruyne. Uh, I think was it, was it Bru- Kane. Bru- Ke- Bruno Kev, De Bruyne and Kane. Kev was an awful draft. Like who was drafting Kev? Like even in the third round. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, like it was. I think. He he did. To be fair to him, he did have a good Euros before he kind of was like injured. He broke his eye socket, and just... that was in the Europa League. That was in the Champions League final. But like he came back and played a bit for Belgium, but then kind of yeah, he sustained a different injury. I think what a lot but, of people were uh, thinking yeah. is as well. He was a strong midfielder, and initially we didn't think there'd be as many good midfielders out there, so probably rushed him up mm, the pecking order. Part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little bit. But I mean, like Kane, you were thinking. I don't know. We've talked about this before in other podcasts, but with Nuno going in there, I had no, I had no faith in in Kane, especially when it, all the news came out that he wanted to leave. 
but like they weren't allowing him to leave. I was thinking, well, that's not a recipe for success. But I can see why you took him. Yeah, looking back, I should have been paying more attention and I should have went with Salah. But look, lessons learned. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah up to so, now, what has he? Four goals and one assist. So a pitiful return. More than you. Mm. <laughs> what have you scored? <laughs> How many Premier League games have you played, Connor? None. But in I'm th- going to make it my business to sign Harry Kane before the end of this <laughs> season. Are you interested in a trade for next season? Uh, you're not in my league. Who has him in my league? That's oh, Ray. You won't trade. Anyway, what's what was your second so pick, Connor? Second after your disastrous first round. Second pick on paper again looked good, but turned out to be another other shite with Jack Grealish. Uh, again, another pick I didn't like the look of because he was going from being a a big fish in a small pond to being a small fish in a massive pond with City like like I he was definitely going to get game time but like he wasn't the focal point anymore so he was never going to receive as much of the ball so I didn't think he'd be as productive that's kind of been the yeah case. I kind of hope for a bit more all he has is two goals and two assists all season so even for a poor season that's pretty crap in, in the second mm. round, I didn't think it was the worst punt in the world. Um, I mean, no, he wasn't the worst punt in the world. No. Sancho in the second round was the worst punt in the world. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, was, which was me, by the way. You know, I'm making fun of myself so no one else has to. Fair play to you. It's hard, hard, to, hard to do it all the time, you know. You yeah, get tired from it. Keep taking up the slack, yeah. So, mm, okay. third round pick then, I went with Luke Shaw. So trying to get a win. Yeah, uh, non-real euros. So uh, was- no, I don't. I don't like picking a defender that early. And if you're going to pick a defender that early, it surely has to be a Liverpool defender, like either a Robertson or a, uh, or a Van Dijk so or a Trent. At that stage, Trent Robertson and Reese James had all been picked in the third round. They w- so Van Dijk was still there. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I would have gone with Van Dijk, but anyway, look, that's the that's that's hindsight. But yeah, yeah. Shaw did have a he did have a good Euros in fairness. He did, and I, the thinking but, uh, was with Varane coming in that the defense can surely only get better, and that well, I ate those words fairly fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, fourth round, then we had James Madison. So, uh, I I kind of like this pick in the fourth round like Madison's a, a good player like he, he he plays high up the pitch and with that not that many midfielders available fourth seems like a decent spot for him good pick what do you think on yeah good pick not too much more to say about it Madison fourth round yeah again I, good pick. I was happy with it um but then he his form was shocking so I ended up trading him for Buendia in probably the worst trade of the season Ooh. condenter with Callum. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he has returned in every game since I traded him, and he had only returned in one game previous to that at a 16. The, sh- the shackles are off. Madison is out of the skiing team, and he's, <laughs> he's soared like a bird. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about the trade at the end At the end, after we've, we've gone through everyone. But yeah, trading Madison away was ridiculous, <laughs> especially for Buendia. Like, I get it from the point of view that you just wanted something new, but that something new has turned out to be nowhere near... Well, it's not an assistant this is, last this game. This is why but... I never trade. Like, I'm just so fucking nervous. Yeah. <laughs> this kind mm, of thing will happen. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to your fifth yeah, pick. Yeah, so fifth pick, I went Danny Ings, which I was happy enough with at the time. Um, yeah, Villa were on the ups. You know, they just signed Leon Bailey and they just sold Jack Grealish and they got it signed Buendia. 
yeah, you were. I was curious to see how all those pieces have fit together. But yeah, Danny Ings is a is a proven prolific goal scorer in the Premier League. So yeah, that would that reasonable. I had the similar thoughts. Unfortunately, he's gone because I had to drop him due to injuries and being short for numbers. Yeah, I'm really, ju- I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to soften you up before I beat the absolute ever living shit out of you with your next pick. Oh, you know what? Danny Danny Ings is my least favorite pick so far because I see Watkins went then like not three picks later. But Connor, yeah, drop the bombshell that was your sixth round. My absolute beauty of a pick with four assists on the first game week, Paul Pogba. Um, wasn't even in my list of players that I was considering, and then I just impulsively did you picked learn? Him. Did you learn nothing from last season? Did you learn nothing from Tyg? Absolutely, like Tyg was like the did like the thing from like uh, it's always sunny with the 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 mail room. He had like loads of data and everything done for all his picks, and then for some reason he fucking panicked and picked Paul Pogba when there were still way yep. better players on the board. Exactly what I, I did. Cannot understand it's a pure, it. Pure oh, Man United God. fan thing to do. Yeah. Hey, I thought it was justified for the first two weeks with him returning in border, and I was like, this is unbelievable. And then I don't think he's returned since. Yeah. So he was dropped shortly after. Of course he hasn't. Because he, of course he hasn't. Because he was playing. He first started in the season. He was playing out on the left, left mid. Yeah. But he was never going to play there all the time because Rashford was going to come back or, Sa- excuse me, Sancho was going to play there. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So moving on, seventh round pick. I went with Richarlison. Who? Good pick. Yeah. I think. Seventh round. Time. I was happy yeah, enough with bad. him. Eight round then went uh, Bobby Firmino. Uh, I probably would have gone with a. I probably would have gone with a midfielder here just because you had, had three decent forwards at that stage: Harry Kane, Danny Ings, or Charleston, and you only had James Madison. Well, you had James Madison, Jack Grealish, but Paul Pogba. Yeah, probably would have actually gone a defender here at this stage, but. Um, yeah, like we didn't know Jota was gonna take over Bobby's spot. It was kind of like up for debate, so not the worst. Yeah, but yeah. Probably could have, probably could have utilized that in a better area of your team. Yeah, I would have. I was hoping to get Jota, but he got drafted before that because I'd had him last season for the second half after he made the transfer to Liverpool, and he was phenomenal for me. But mm. missed out in that boat. So then, moving on, ninth round, I went with Aaron Creswell. He was a great signing for the first whatever twelve weeks or so. Yeah, I had him myself. Nice little fella. Yeah, I was happy enough with that, with West Ham performing solidly. Moving on, 10 pick then, I got Allison. I'm amazed he made it to the 10th round. Yeah, I'm surprised he made it that far. Um, yeah, that was a Yeah, that was a great pick, considering that all the Liverpool defending assets were gone off the board at that stage. Like, yeah. You know, a bar, bar like a Matip, but like no one was going to draft Matip. Like, so, no. yeah, no, good, good pick Yeah, it was happy. I think he's my second highest points returning player this season, so from a 10th round draft, I very happy with that. Eleventh, um, then we had Stuart Dallas, who was just shame on, on uh, anyone who drafted Stuart Dallas. I, I drafted Stuart Dallas. <laughs> shame, well, on shame on you. Shame, I know, shame on me. Shame. Yeah, the only reason he did the only reason he did well last season was because he was rated as a defender, really. But I I thought for some reason, now I think he was my last midfielder taken, so he wasn't like I was relying on him for anything, but. Yeah, like it wasn't a good pick. It's not a good pick. Um, I I dropped him. I think after the second week. Yeah. Although in the first week he got an assist for me, so I was like, maybe I'll hold on to him one more week, and then he did nothing. I was like, nah, drop him. Yeah, I think I did something similar. He's been shite. 
Um, 12th mm. round then, my best pick of the draft with Rudiger. Great pick. Surprised you made it that far down, considering how strong Chelsea's defence was, especially when two, once Tuchel take out, took over. And Rudiger is like, I think that out of the stats in the 21 Premier League games that they played this season, Rudiger started in 20 of them. He's the most mm. consistent defender for Chelsea. Yeah. He suffered from rotation a lot last season. Uh, that's why he made it this far. Mm, uh, maybe all, so. all of the Chelsea defenders, like all, none of them, were nailed coming into this season. So it was. I suppose it's it, that's interesting considering that they haven't added anyone to the defense. Chaloba, Sar, uh, but yeah, Sar, uh, Sar hasn't played. Chaloba has, in fairness, yeah. But I think I thought that was more out of injuries than other things. But anyway, yeah, we'll we'll move on to your next pick, Connor. Yuck. I don't think I. I yeah, he, he probably he has in fairness, but I don't think I thought at that stage. Yeah, but I I think at that stage of the draft, I that's worth a gamble at that stage of the draft, especially considering it was a city defender. I thought. Yeah, so Stones he was worth the punt, but obviously it didn't work out losing to Pep Roulette. So moving on, then fourteenth pick was Sayunku from Leicester. And did a decent defensive record last season. Thought it would be a good pickup for my last defender, but they were crap, and he was dropped fairly lively. Catastrophic uh, defensively, Leicester this season. Um, obviously, a whole pile of injuries in that. Wesley Fofana um, was a big loss for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely it hit them. Um, and then last pick of the draft was Jordan Pickford as a second keeper. Again, Everton had a decent amount of clean sheets last season. He got a lot of save points. It thought to be something reliable, but they've been terrible. So he's kind of been wavered in and out just to suit fixtures. And he's been so poor. No yeah, one has like you can picking uh, him up. <laughs> yeah, you can afford to you can afford to waver your second keeper, like you know, pick up a Jose Sa one week or something like that. Like that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's that that's was my I draft. Yeah, you're not getting the Slayton Tyke Flynn got when he featured on the the podcast. I think I think there's a, a nice few picks down the line there that we kind of respected. Kane sure was catastrophic. Probably def, probably that pick defines where you are in the table right now. Really, um, yeah, yeah. My then, first two really screwed me. If I had picked up Salah there, my season could be completely different. And then a lot of punts really that could have worked but didn't. Grealish, for example. Madison was a letdown, though. Yeah, and then you traded him away. Yeah, the the word. If I had to sum it up in one word, I would kind of say misfortune. Because like, yeah, Kane and Grealish were. You thought Kane was going to be good. He wasn't. Grealish was a bit of a punt. Hasn't worked out. Shaw was maybe a bit of a reach. Madison was all right. Ings was all right. Pogba was a shite. Richarlison was okay. Bobby meh. Cresswell good. Allison good. Dallas shite. Rudiger like you know Stones is a punt. Like there, there's, there's definitely a bit of misfortune in there. Yeah, I think I was looking back at it, and out of the fifteen drafted, I only have seven of them now. So it shows how much kind of chopping and changing I've had to do since. That's just to kind well, of keep me mid table. Does, does that lead us on? Does that lead us on to our next bit on? I think we'll take a, a goosey gander at Connor's team at the moment. Um, yeah, any, any, any final words on the draft? Um, yeah, I think misfortune sums it up pretty well, Steve. But yeah, it's, it's it, I think it's a better performance than Tiges. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. But not 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 the and best. He was in the same league as me. <laughs> yeah, we we. 
I'm not going to say we set the bar low, but we just don't set it very high. <laughs> this is also true. So, <laughs> so we have another look at your, your team uh, during game week 21, Connor, and maybe you can take us through some interesting transactions that have happened over the, the 21 weeks. Yeah, so can I just a quick rundown of what the squad was for the current matchup that I'm playing? Uh, Pickford in goal... Then you have Rudiger in defence, he's still there. Davidson Sanchez, he was wavered in. Um, then Luke Shaw is still there. And I managed to pick up Ferran on the waivers when he got dropped because he was injured, so happy enough with that one. Then the fourth defender, I got Kieran Tierney as well on the waiver, so happy enough with that. I think I've improved my defence from when it started. Yep. Uh, mid Midfield, yep. then I have Buendia which was the trade for Ew. Madison. Let's not talk about that. In my defense, right, mm. when I sent out the trade, I sent two trades to the same person, and I was really hoping he'd pick the other trade, and it was just pure... F- what was the other uh, one? It was for Saka. It would have mm. been slightly better, and it was just out of pure being oh, fed yeah, up. Oh, yeah, well, well, it would have been way better for you. So yeah, it was, it was just, still better than Bundy, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just pure frustration and being fed up with Madison not returning every week. And then it backfired. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, other midfield then. Grealish is still there. And then I've picked up Jaden Sancho. Which... Who dropped Sancho? Was it was the tie? Why the fuck? Uh, who dropped him in our league? It doesn't matter who dropped him. Why did you pick him up? I think he's returned pretty well for me, to be honest. No. Because I only... And one assist I've, I've... I have I've had Sancho all season, Connor. You can't lie to me. <laughs> Has he? Whoops. Well, he got that goal and assist for me because I only have him about five game weeks. That so hasn't been too bad. <laughs> the exception doesn't make the rule. <laughs> anyway, the other midfielder I managed to pick up then was Gabriel Martinelli. I have so, Martin. Martin yeah, good as well pick. There, he's sound and he's just so fun to watch. He just moves. Ah, uh, he's a gr- I, I I know I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm biased, but I fucking love Martinelli. He's so good. He is. He's he's a live wire <laughs> yeah. on the field. He's entertaining. He's a real firecracker. Um, so I, I do think the <laughs> Sancho and Martinelli is probably an improvement on Pogba and Stuart Dallas. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You've done. You to be fair, like so far, your team has improved. Um, Due to your waiver and so fair play, I mean, the trade the trade was terrible. If you had if you had a, a midfield of when of uh, Madison, Martinelli, Grealish, and yeah, I know Sancho's there, but I mean that 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 three midfield of Madison, Martinelli, and Grealish should be decent yeah, enough. Like, I I looked back, tr- but uh, it's I not, looked it's- back through fixtures after doing the trade just to compound my misery, and if I had kept Madison in the following two game weeks, I'd have won both of those fixtures. And Connell would have won one, and I think he'd have drawn another one. So it would. I think I remember you. It would have swung four points off of Connell as well in the top of the ta- up near the top of the table. So apologies about that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, we'll, we'll round it out with yeah. your followers. So then, then you have Kane is still there doing feck all, um, and then I've had to drop Ings because he kept getting injured. I got Wilson in, and he got injured, so I'm left with Mares, Firmino. And Ian Acho. So, uh, Firmino is good. Or sorry, uh, Mares is a good pickup. I have Mares, but it's just unfortunate now that he's gone to the Afcon. Yeah, for I forgot about that. Um, 
keeping keeping Bobby uh, for the next few weeks is going to make sense because obviously Salah and Mane are gone. Uh, Ian Acho is going to be gone to the AFCON as well, so you're kind of limited in your forwards there unless you're going to play like a four four two or a or a five three two or something. Your your only options are Kane and Bobby. Um, but your mid your defenders are way better. I mean, actually, you know, no, they are. Davison Sanchez is a good pickup. Kieran Tierney is a good pickup. Um, Luke Shaw and Rudiger. I'm sorry, no, Luke Shaw and Varane. I'm a bit undecided on just because United's form has been so yeah. meh, which I think we might we might get to later on. But like overall, like you've you've improved the team from what it what it was to 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 now. I would think. What do you think, Owen? Uh, it, it definitely improved. Um, I think what's going to hold Connor back is is the lack of forwards, especially in fan tracks. You need to have three good starting forwards because then the rest of the team mm. kind of fills in itself. Whereas if you have to, if you have only one forward, it's hard to get mids, and you're depending on a defense. And most teams have a good defense anyway. So definitely an improvement, but a shame. Kind of what's gone down with the the forwards there. Uh, yeah. It's a good pickups along the way. Martinelli's good. Tierney's yeah. Steve, you said it. Martinelli's good. Tierney's good. Uh, Sancho not so good. Sa- uh, Davidson Sanchez then in the defense. Like we we've said it in the pod every week that the Spurs defense is going to come good, and it seems to have. Uh, nice that you could hold your keepers as well. Allison, we we said is like nearly your best pick there. What in the tenth round? So, an improved team definitely. Yeah, definitely. And mm. uh, you're right, the forwards is what's it's really hurting me at the moment. And even the last couple of game weeks, just they're not returning. I had managed to pick up Callum Wilson when he got dropped by someone. He was my best score. He had the most goals, I think, out of all the forwards I had this season. But again, with his injury, he got dropped. So that really hurt me. It looked a bit stronger mm. when it had Wilson and Danny Ings in there instead of Ihanacho and Bobby. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you're not doing too bad anyway in terms of maybe your matchup this week. I see you're level on points with Mitch on 33 apiece, and I see you both got two players left to yeah. play. You have uh, Jordan Pickford and Ianacho against <laughs> each other. <laughs> you pick, yeah, against each other, and then you and then meanwhile he has uh, Susek and Antonio against Norwich. Yeah. So. Just via that, I'm probably going to favour Mitch for that one, but you just never know. Um, yeah, Iheanacho's probably going to play that game because Vardy's injured and that's the last game before they go to the AFCON. Yeah. I think. Um, so, but uh, yeah, like it's... You, you, what position are you in the league at the moment? I think we might have talked about this in the last eleven. I'm just looking at the standings yeah. here now, and it's a pretty critical fixture, actually, because uh, yeah. Mitch winning this game means he's five points ahead of Connor on 36. Uh, Connor really has a bridge to gap then in getting from uh, bottom or lower table back up to the top half of the table. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I suppose that'll that, be a that, close that, one. That, that Harry Kane pick instead of Salah and, and then just struggling together a few forwards together, as you mentioned, the injuries. Probably a defining factor in your, your just just out of reach of those those tent and up places. Uh if you're to look at the ta- the Premier League table at the moment, that's where Palace are. And that kind of the kind of fits, that kind of makes sense in a way. Like just hovering a bear mid table, so but we'll see. Like, I mean, even if Mitch does beat him and go five points clear, like the Rome, like he's not gonna, 
that doesn't mean he's gone. Like, you know, Connor can still catch him. Like, Mitch has gotten to where he is because he went on, like, an eight-game win streak. So, you know, these things can happen in fantasy. You, never, you just never know. Yeah, that's it. So that's um, that's that's where it leaves Connor. His 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 draft in his season so far. He's he's currently rocking eleventh and, and will be struggling to make tenth. Um, hopefully, he doesn't rob the thirteenth spot off Tig. We're gonna we're gonna chat to about yeah, we're gonna chat about Man United again in this podcast as we like to do. But before that, will we take an ad break? I will just take a quick break. Yeah, there is yeah, no ads. Sure. We'll advertise something. Fuck it. Go on. Another Man United section for the listeners. We do like to talk about them on this pod. Uh, and we have a Man United fan, so maybe it'll be interesting to get a take from someone who doesn't enjoy them doing as poorly as we do. Um, yeah, so, but before we lead you down a, a, a line of thinking, Connor, I just want to get your thoughts on United uh, si- since the Regnick signing um, and, and, and bring us up to now and where you think they're going. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, sure. Um, so... Big United fan, obviously. Um, liked Oli as a player, but it was time for him to move on when he did leave. Uh, on paper here and Ragnick coming in, it sounded great. You're thinking gig and press. They're finally going to speed up, passing the ball around the field. There'll be a bit of high pressing. And there just hasn't. There's There's been a couple of decent results up to last night when they lost 1-0 to Wolves. They had been unbeaten under Ragnick albeit the fixtures have been probably the nicest fixture list he could have wished for. But performances on the field and just the player's body language doesn't look good at all still. Um, I think the most damning sight of that is the interview Luke Shaw did with Sky Sports after the match last night where he pretty much holds up shy of slating the player's motivation, that it doesn't feel like everyone is together on the field, players not giving 100% and saying that Maybe quality isn't enough. Maybe people need to start working. Um, but yeah, was hoping for a lot. On paper, the squad looks good. Thought with Sancho coming in at the start of the season was going to give us our creativity down the right wing that's been missing with years. And then with Varane coming in there, it was like, finally, you have someone decent going beside Maguire, as opposed to hopping between Lindelof and Bailly, who's a bit of a liability, although it's great to watch entertainment to watch his kung fu slide tackles indeed yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so on paper things looked good but it just it just hasn't worked out and at this stage i don't know ragnick has tried playing with a 4-2-2-2 formation um it's like he's realized we don't actually have midfielders that are good enough to be creative midfielders and he's just playing two holding cdms because the forwards aren't tracking back or don't have that work rate to cover it and as a result of that, they're just getting overrun in the centre of midfield in every game. And nobody kind of outside of Bruno has the passing range to be able to switch the ball or give a long crossfield pass to open up the game out to the wingers. Um, it was evident last night, especially against Wolves. I heard it was, I think it was the most shots United conceded in a first half since Liverpool in 2020. So, and that's going back to the last time that Oli was getting. Um, Chat or the fans were chanting for him to be sacked, so it's it's not looking good. But. Yeah, interesting. So uh, almost history repeating itself there. I had forgotten how good, or at least to me, Man United looked coming into this season because it seemed they had all these like you know that they were going half well, 
And then there was problems that were solved in the Varane and Sancho signing. And we, we were just talking about it. Like the, the Ronaldo signing seemed to have come and fuck it up. Like you mentioned, the lack of work and the lack of tracking and Shaw's interview. Um, that seems to have had an impact. But I, I don't know. I, I, what, what, did you, what do you think of Ronaldo at the moment? It's a hard one to dis- or to make a call on because on one hand you can say, yeah, look, on paper everything was lining up to be nice and rosy this season without him and to have a load of speed and pace up front. You'd have had Cavani and Greenwood rotating for that, leading the line spot. Rashford, Sancho and Bruno behind him at all it sounded pretty, but obviously hasn't worked out. Ronaldo came in. On paper, Ronaldo has our most goals with eight in the Premier League this season. He has the highest ratings of any players and he is the top assists and the top chances and he's second for key passes. So either he's the problem and it's masking it or everyone else has been absolutely shite or they're trying too hard to put everything through him and that's why nobody else is contributing. So I don't know. It's... You haven't seen him work at a team that plays like counter-attacking before. At Juve, they were really slow and held possession, so it suited him. They could work it into the box at Real Madrid. They dominated with possession, so it was fine for him as well. And he would have had a bit more speed then. Now, I just... I don't know. We don't have the midfielders to be able to hide what he doesn't do when off the ball. So, if I might jump in for a second. It's, it's funny to me because... So, like when Ra- with Rania coming in the four the four triple two formation, right? The it's designed for the fullbacks to attack with width for the the two CDMs that you're mentioning, uh, Connor, to uh, screen in front of the back in front of the centre backs and also go into the channels that the fullbacks leave by going forward, and then that also allows the uh, two uh, wingers for lack of a better term, to go into the half space inside mm-hmm. and allow them to, to go towards the... And, and go and attack with numbers. So it's interesting because Dallow, when he was in the squad, or in the, the the team, you kind of saw, and especially in the game against Arsenal, what that looked like, especially for the assist for, I think, the sec, either the first or the second goal. It was Ronaldo's goal. It wasn't the penalty. Um what what could what that could look like because there's a, a penetrative pass from midfield to Dallo who's gone on the overlap on the outside and then that allows him to pull the cutback to Ronaldo um from around the penalty spot and, and then get the goal. But it's it's like yeah, like you're kinda of saying there, the the midfielders that they have at the moment aren't able to make the progressive passes that I think that they need for that system. But I think and it's it's such a it's such a funny one because it's like they I think Ranyak knows that, but I think in the same way that when Klopp went into Liverpool and instituted the press, uh yeah, so the thing was with the when Klopp went first went into uh Liverpool, uh when he instituted the, the press or the Gagan press, whatever one you call it, like it wasn't an instant success. Like it wasn't like within three or four matches or five matches that they were instantly able to press it as well as they are now. Like that that that's not going to happen, and it takes a lot of effort to do, and especially it takes a lot of training and to to do because everyone has to know and be in sync with each other and know when to press the ball. Like I think um, 
I think, uh, who was it that did it recently? I think it was, it's either Liverpool or another side did it recently that they kind of, they kind of flood the, they flood the center of the field and then they force the ball out wide. And when they force the ball out wide, that's when they go to press and that's the trigger for them. Like I think yeah. from listening to Ranjik talk, he says that if they lose possession, the the time they they should all have a timer in their heads for like eleven seconds, and they have to press and try and win the ball back within eleven seconds, and like that's just not there yet. Like that's just going to take time, and I think that's if he's going to try and institute this sort of style of play, then that says a lot about who they might hire potentially as their next manager. Um, but it, it, to go back to maybe then how that relates to the Ronaldo. Uh, thing or the way that the players at the moment like um yeah what you were mentioning about Juventus and Real Madrid was an interesting point because they're they're both teams and leagues where those teams would dominate the, the possession and they don't have to work as hard to win the possession back whereas yeah. this that isn't the case for the Premier League it's a lot more physical and Ronaldo it just is, is getting on in years but it's funny because when Shaw mentions that um players aren't working hard enough and like you people think like oh well he's inadvertently calling out Ronaldo well Ronaldo has made his base his whole brand off the fact that he works hard so like is it the Ronaldo that he's talking about like i and no, i think, I think, kind of, I think it's everyone from the way he was i kind of watched the interview and he didn't name names but he was it sounded like he was suggesting multiple people as opposed to just Ronaldo or something because even when you watch the players like you say they should be pressing instantly as soon as you lose the ball it's always like whoever's front and the line or closest to the man he has a look over his shoulder first to see is anybody else bothered running and if no one else has he just decides well I'm not going to press either yeah and it's Uh, it's funny because you don't want to just boil it down to Man United are shite because they don't press the ball that's not it there's a multiple multitude of reasons why um but that's one of the things that I think that they haven't yet been able to adapt to under Ranjik. And I think even he even he realized that after that Wolves loss, that um, the midfield was completely irrelevant in the game because they were uh, uh, dominated in midfield. Like I think Wolves had like two, Ruben Neves and Moutinho and maybe a third in midfield or something. And that meant um, McTominay and was it Matic or who was it? Matic and McTominay, yeah. Yeah, they were completely overwhelmed. And so it nearly didn't matter what, what kind of pressing they did because they were able to get the ball out so easily anyway. Yeah, um, completely like agree. It's, there's, there's so, it's, it's interesting because there's so many facets to it. Like what kind of, what I find funny is that um, United probably had a blueprint for the way they wanted to do things. And then they found out Ronaldo was going to go to Manchester City and everyone went, well, that can't happen. We can't let that happen. And we should, uh, we should do something. And then they did and they stepped in and they signed him. And like, don't get me wrong, he's won like, what, five Ballon d'Ors or something. Like he's a legend of the game, whatever. But if you think about it, <laughs> you could have potentially had like almost kind of like a similar Arsenal style scenario where you've got Rashford, you've got Greenwood, um, and you've got uh, Sancho, kind of like the way we have like Saka, Smith Rowe, and Martinelli. Who I yeah. think, if you had asked everyone at the start of the season, which trio would you prefer, Greenwood, Rashford, and uh, Sancho, or Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, everyone would have taken the first trio. And yet, it's been the opposite in terms of form. Like, and it's it's almost it's so funny in its parallels because it would have been those three behind uh, an experienced striker up top in Cavani or. Lacazette or Aubameyang and like I just it's so funny how 
and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say that Ronaldo has derailed everything, but that certainly threw uh, a cat amongst the pigeons in terms of what United wanted to do going forward. And it's it's interesting to see what they try and do now. Like like you mentioned as well, this is probably the easiest run of fixtures that they could have hoped for, and it's been mixed results at best. A win at Bur- a win at home to Burnley, a win a lucky win away at Norwich, and then a draw against Newcastle and a loss against Wolves. Very mixed. Sorry, yeah. I realize I've gone on a rant there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's but it's true. Like you've. Even with Ronaldo there, I think he's a good enough player that he can play in the Premier League no matter now. But if you want to be able to play with him up front, you need the better midfielders for the passing range, which United just don't have. So you can't release the wingers to break the counter-attacks. Whereas if he wasn't there, you'd have a bit more speed up front and you might be able to compensate or the front line may be able to drop a little deeper because they can run into the space. Yeah, exactly. It kind of hides having the ship midfield. And, uh, yeah, once uh, once again, we, we, we could go on about Man United all day. Uh, there's, there's so many facets, as you mentioned. But yeah, th- there is an easy run coming up for them, Connor. Uh, what, do you think Man United can turn it around? Or, for, as a Man United fan, are you hopeful or are you kind of miserable? It, it is a very low point in the season. And, and what do you see coming up? It looks like a low point, but if we won last night, we were only two points off the top four with a game in hand. And we could have been four points behind Liverpool with the games played. So it's, even though the season has appeared shit, everyone else in the league around them isn't performing exceptionally. So we're still hanging in there with seventh. When we play the game in hand, you can still get up to sixth. Um, I think what it is, is I think people's expectations were for United to challenge for the title. And then people haven't moved on from those expectations. So comparing that to against where United are now, people are saying it's a terrible season but you're right in context with everything that's gone on they're not they're not far off of the the top four spot like i, I think i think now with top four is between like uh arsenal united uh spurs and west ham like it's and that's great it's crazy competition for the fourth european spot but like they're definitely within a shout of it but i think if they continue to play if they don't it's funny, I think Ranić has to try and find some sort of slight compromises to try and adapt the squad to because if they play, try and play that way against better teams, they're going to get found out even way more like from the entire from the off. Like I even said it to my housemate when I was watching the game. I said I haven't really watched much the first half, but from what I saw, United have been dominated. <laughs> yeah, they were. And like even if you look at their next few fixtures, there is there is stuff to be hopeful about. You've Villa at home in the cup, Villa away, West Ham at home, Burnley away, Southampton at home. It's like on paper at the start of the season you just say that's five games United should be winning hands down with the squad they have. Um hopefully Ragnick can get something out of them and they can improve in training, but without signing someone solid for midfield that will improve the passing range I don't see what's going to change it drastically. Unfortunately, that's that's the sad part as a fan. I think that, that, uh, could, that could be uh, that could be a factor that holds Man United back. But uh, green shoots, uh, I think, a bit of hope uh, coming from yourself at least, there, Connor. About well, yeah, there has a, to be a slightly disappointing season, but in context, there's you know they're still fighting for that fourth position. Um, yeah, we, 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 we love to talk about them, the, the, the Red Devils. But uh, I'm going to move us on to our final segment where we take a look at uh, 
Connor's hopes for his own fantasy football team for the rest of the season. Thanks, uh, Connor and Stephen, for that in-depth analysis of Man United. I, I don't know how they generate so many headlines. Like I, I see it on Facebook and Instagram every day. Like it's all Man United stories, and and I didn't think when I was doing a podcast with, I'd be as interested as I am in them. But it's it's I don't know how they do it. It's, uh, there's always an interesting story with them. But uh, we'll move on to your team once again, Connor. Um, just to finish this out, I'm going to ask you what are what are your goals for the rest of the year? I was looking at the standings. Uh, you're you have 754 points scored, 750 faced. Very average on both. It leaves you in 11th, maybe a little below where you'd like to be. Uh, you also have a European position to play for. So not sure what you're aiming for. What's what's your plan? Yeah, I suppose the start of the season, the plan was to win it, obviously. But that's, that's faded rapidly. Um, realistically, I want top half at a minimum. I think for a second season in it, I really should be pushing for that. Um, it's doable, it's close enough around the middle everyone seems to be going on kind of one to three game win streaks and then one to three game last streaks so it keeps chopping up and down but if I could get top nine I'd be at the moment relatively happy looking at my squad if I had one or two better strikers or maybe Kane hits form I don't know, might get a bit luckier challenge John in eighth place but I think the priority probably going to be the Europe is at the Conference League I'm in. Yeah, third, third, third division, unfortunately, for my poor performance last season. That's where I've ended up. Uh, currently second place there, behind by seven points to Tig, who's leading. Um, that That's pretty close. We're both also in the same smaller table, so we're both working out of the same draft pool for players and waiver wires. We both kind of had crappy drafts, to be honest, and have both improved on our squad, so There'll be a little battle between the two of us there, and we'll try keep the other few at bay. And um, we've kind of got a bit of a lead over them at the moment. But I lost in the cup, I think, to Connell a couple of weeks ago in the last round, so that was my last knockout one. But um, if I got top half of the table, it'd be an improvement on last season. And if I could, if I could win the Europa Conference, I'd, I'd be very happy with that. At least to show a bit of progress. That'll, that'll be an interesting little battle for two players in 11th and 12th. I think Tyke is just behind you in the league. So, he uh, is. He, he abandoned his 13th. I'm, yeah, I'm upset about that. Hopefully that'll return hope to the norm. hope he doesn't miss it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Europe is there to play for. You get your spot in Europa next season out of that. So that'll be an improvement. And top nine will be a tougher battle. You're on a three-game win, three win streak. Um, you happy with that? Yeah, happy to be. If I could get the mi- or the win over Mitch this game week, it's it's very close at the moment, thirty three each. So if I can get that, I'd like it because next up for me is Mister Lines on top of the table. That's be a so, tough fixture for you. Tough bat. I got a draw against him the last time. His only draw this season. So hoping to, hoping I can frustrate him again. But okay, we'll see. My last question for you is: Are you? You could have kind of answered it anyway, which. But uh, are you happy with the season? Ah, uh, yeah, I suppose I am. It's look, I love the crack of being in the league. It's um, That's why we're it's, here. It's just, it's just brilliant. Not me. Uh, mo- I moved away from Limerick, abandoned the Glenside boys during the season, so it's just abandoned great crack for. for it. 
<laughs> ran to greener pastures that's what i meant to say uh, <laughs> uh upgraded the housemates that sort of thing but, uh, unless you hurt me like this <laughs> so uh, it's brilliant for keeping in contact the banter is quality and even though my draft wasn't great, I didn't get as much abuse as I was expecting on the pod either, so I'll, I'll take that as a positive. My, my season mustn't be horrific based off of the level of abuse hurled at others comp- in comparison. Yeah, we really Fine. we really uh, ran over Tig with a steamroller that day. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming on, Connor. Uh, you've been a joy to interview. Uh, an interesting look at Pleasure. your team. I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on that Tig uh, battle for the European first spot. Um yeah, no, you've, you've been a joy. Brilliant. It's been an absolute pleasure. And anytime you want someone to shout abuse at, give me a shout. We absolutely will. Before I go That's through the admi- uh, before we go through the administration, Stephen, have you any <laughs> closing words? Uh, no, really enjoyed this episode. Uh, hopefully the listeners enjoy it too. Um, really interesting uh, topics to talk about. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, very happy with it. Thanks, Dave. If you want to get in touch, you can do so on the Discord. That's in the podcast description. If you want to see the league, you can see that in the podcast description. And if you want to get us on Twitter, that's at FPL at the FPL Jingle on Twitter. I tried to do that quickly, and I just stumbled over myself. This has been the FPL Jingle, episode seventeen. <laughs>